The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. It's time. Oh, that's, let's do that again. It's time once again. Oh, man. One more time. Before anxiety. One more time. Third time's a charm. Do it. If you couldn't tell, we took a little bit of time off for New Year's. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, I was a little remiss. Matt's bell ringing, uh, abilities have <laughs> deteriorated in a week. Just not myself. Anyway, so, uh, thank you for. And you've been sick. I have been sick. I'm getting over it. Dave is like all loogie, so I'm making soup today. So my voice is still kind of, but I can breathe, which is good. So, thought of the week. My thought of the week is, you know, whatever the thing it is that you look down on other people for doing, whether it be bad driving or inability to control one's emotions or whatever. Mm-hmm. You do that too. <sighs> you mean you do the things that you look down on them for doing? Yeah. Well, that's depressing. I'm going to be Marvin today. Wow, I didn't know how long you want to make that go on for. So, I figure we could continue on that vein of the depressing thought of the week and have what I like to call inconvenient truths. Oh, great. And the reason why I like to do that, I don't know, it's, it's actually not that I like to. I am the type of person that uh, says stuff that people don't want to hear. But not deliberately, right? Or deliberately? Both. It depends. If I want depends to be, on your mood. Um, I, I do it quite often without even realizing it. But sometimes there are times when I want to be, I don't want to say hurtful. Yeah, there are times when I want to just kind of stick it to you. And uh, I will say stuff that I know you don't like to hear. Because, uh, you know, you need to hear it. Funny thing is, is um, I think that I'm the type of person that can hear all the shit that I don't want to hear. Uh-huh. So in my, in my book, that makes it okay. You know what I mean? Well, it makes it okay for you. Well, that's what I mean. But most people don't want to... Most people can't handle to hear. Well, we're confused. Those, we're, those hard things. We're juxtaposing two things. Are we? We are. So when I say it's okay to save stuff that people don't want to hear, uh, as you all and as you in the room, and you all in our extended room, might remember, I place a lot of weight on. Are you the per? Are you the type of person that can give? that can take just as much as you can give, right? If you can give 
if you're the type of person like I just like I just do straight talk you know I, I gotta be honest blah 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 right mm-hmm. if you can't handle someone being just as honest to you shut your fat face okay. or your or your skinny face whatever shut your fucking face right so to me if you want to be able to dole out or say these in today's case inconvenient truths but you know these kernels of wisdom that just um, people don't want to hear or the straight talk folks you know the people are like oh I'm sorry I'm just really blunt like that's fine but if you can't handle bluntness at you then yeah you know shut up change your course and heading 180 degrees and then you know proceed at full steam and there's a lot of people that say that that say oh I you know I think to a person that dish it out and then to a person they all say that and you might run into one person that can take it yeah so uh inconvenient truths okay you know how how your people the kiwis tend to have that 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 colloquialism it's kind of average pretty average Uh uh-huh or it's average right to connote something that's bad pretty average yeah it was pretty average actually means it could mean all sorts of bad things right well statistically speaking going on the bell curve of intelligence Mm-hmm. More than 50% of you fall within the or below average. I just think it's like uh, pretty averages um, that means something different. Right. Well, and this is not a knock on the Kiwis, so I don't want the entire country of New Zealand coming hatefully knocking on my door. <laughs> they might. But, you know, subscribing to, I am a, I am a subscriber to the ND20 rule. The ND20 rule. In any organization, any, 80% of the people are crap. Right. 20% of the people are pretty good at what they do. And That's 100. Well, we're doing like, you know. What about the, what about the, is there the 1%? Right. But boiling everything down to 100 folks, just saying in any organization, right, 80% of the people in that organization are crap. 20% know what they're doing. And in that 20%, there's that 1% that the 20% are all chasing. Yeah. So if it's an organization of 100 people, then, you know, the people that know what they're doing are all chasing this one person to try and be like that person. Wow. But if you, if you. And the one person is not necessarily, it's not necessarily the boss, right? That one, one person is not, it's not necessarily the guy that's running the company or the gal that's running the company. That one person is never really the boss, is never the boss because that's a, we would like to think that our leaders are people that can do everyone's like if, if someone's a boss of a company, let's say, that that person can do everybody's job just as good, if not better, than they can. That's the... Um, is it a myth? I, I believe it's... I think it, it kind of is a myth, but it's 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 the standard that we all shoot for. That's what we're told. Well, in a small team, that's kind of what you want, right? In a small team, you want the person leading the team to be just as good at everybody's job as the people that are in it if not better. Because he's leading the team. Right. So he... Sh- but for some reason, the more people get involved, the more that kind of gets skewed. Yeah. So just as an aside, I was watching C-SPAN a couple of days ago. I was watching the uh, the Hunter Biden. Um, you know, what was it? The uh, 
the contempt hearing. Yeah, and it was it was a it was a, it was a fucking sideshow train wreck, just awful. And just looking at all these politicians on both sides, I was just like, oh my god, yeah, it's so rotten. Well, you also have to understand. Well, that's what that's the that's the thing that gets me on the news. I don't think that you should believe any of those people because their number one priority is to make money whether it's a company or a small news person or whatever their number one priority is to make get the currency to live a decent life whether it be maximizing profits in terms of dollars for large news organizations or for you know for for news reporters getting the stories and and getting the stories and writing the stories that people want to hear eyeballs eyeballs whatever so when 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 people sit there and say one one news organization is skewed but my news organization is not it's kind of um it's kind of strange to me because number one the people that have those jobs are all the same people it's the same type of person right no matter which news organization it is right so the you know you're just you're just you're just catering to a certain audience and as a person that's a consumer i have to realize what the end game is and the end game is not to inform me the end game is whatever i is whatever it is and it's my job as a sentient being to kind of figure out what it is they want and 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 the reason why I say this is because you know how times where people will uh will discount somebody's point of view or somebody's news article or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't go you can't I don't think that you can kind of sit there and say, Oh, that's complete bullshit and then use a news story that you like as an example for why your position's correct. My favorite example is uh when I was um kind of busting someone's chops about uh well a, a, a buddy of yours, or a buddy of ours, who's also from New Zealand. Kiwia, as you like to call it. Yeah. In a, in a really, you know, lighthearted kind of way, just, just kind of making, just kind of being, uh, being a little, uh, <clears throat> I, just being kind of, kind of teasingly, being like, hey, how's it like being from the bottom of the earth? <laughs> and this person got really upset about that. And said, no, you know, that those maps were drawn by the wrong, by these white people, that blah, 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 blah. And then she turned around and said, and besides, we see the earth first. Do we see the sun first? I was like, what? Yeah. So you sat there and said that the, the map that I'm using is wrong in all kinds of, in all kinds of ways. But you decided now that. Now who does. But then you said. <laughs> I remember this exchange. But then you said, uh, <clears throat> but then they say, because. But according to that map, how the how the datelines are drawn, right? New Zealand sees the sun first, and I, I just sit there going, "So you're saying that this map was wrong in every other aspect except for the one that you like?" I just remember you had this quizzical look on your face, and you just said nothing. What well, make any sense? You were just like, "Huh?" And you know, bless that person's heart. They're like, "See, you can't. Don't be mad because you lost the argument." I was like, "I didn't even know we were arguing. I didn't even know we were in a debate." <laughs> Dude, you could run circles around here. Or him. Or her. <laughs> but now that we've started on these inconvenient truths, all the inconvenient truths that I had lined up in my head have suddenly escaped. Well, I think 
the one inconvenient truth about people is the is the main one that you've pointed out which is and i'm totally guilty of this is that like if somebody if it's somebody i like or somebody that says something i like i'm like yes that's the truth and if it's somebody i don't like then whatever they have to say i'm like this person's full of shit and that's uh which makes me pretty easily led by the people i like but that's uh that i think that's an evolutionary trait that is good for us hanging out with people that we like no but then you can be manipulated easily like if that person's got your number if they know oh well this guy likes me so well that that's you know he's gonna he's gonna be with me that's what that's what cons do con artists they don't try and win you over with intellect they just basically try and get on your good side and that's why the, that's why there's those old sayings you can't be you can't be uh, betrayed by someone you don't trust the only people that can betray you are the people that you trust great but everyone's going to betray you for something and i've said this before not necessarily to you i know that that there are going to be times when my interests and your interests don't align i hope that the i hope that when you decide to throw me under the bus or vice versa it won't be for something piddly like a cookie. You know, it'll be for something worthwhile. I'd like to think that that won't happen. Well, as long as our interests are aligned, yeah. But no matter no matter what the betrayal, no matter what the goal or the reward for the betrayal, I don't think that uh, as the person being betrayed, anything would be would be considered worthwhile. The betrayal. Right. But there are things like, um, like the Diary of Anne Frank. They were betrayed by another Jewish person. Yeah. But they did it to save their families. Right. Or so the hope or the thought goes. I think that's what uh, the father... They didn't include that. They He knows. He knew who sold them out to the Nazis. Right. They all died, right? All but him. All but the dad. Oh, the dad lived? Yeah. Which is probably why the diary saw the light of day. Yeah, the dad lived, and quite sadly, I think Anne died a couple of months, or very soon. After writing the diary? No, before liberation. She died of, like, typhus or something. But that's, that's, that's that's an inconvenient truth, and he didn't want to include that because he thought maybe people wouldn't understand, and a lot of people won't. I remember, I remember the scene. Remember the the scene from Saving Private Ryan, where um, the audience is basically put into the shoes of the Oppum character. Yeah, Oppum was the observer. Right, he was us. He was the audience. Right. Who were basically couldn't do anything to stop something. Right. Now, people in the audience would like to think that they would have been able to. I remember talking to this one guy, who was like, "Oh, he should have been able to, man. He was." He was a basically trained soldier. I was like, no, he wasn't. He was a translator. He had he had an incredibly sought-after skill, and it made much more sense to have him sitting in headquarters translating stuff than it did, you know, him with a rifle was anybody, you know, him with a rifle was not going to be helpful, as helpful, near as helpful as him with a piece of paper and a typewriter. So you get you get that guy up with a bunch of grizzled what, what that was a ranger unit, right? Mm-hmm. So you get you get those guys up with a bunch of rangers who have just been trained to fight and fight and fight and fight, 
and who also fought and fought and fought and fought, and you drop them off after Normandy, the one guy who has no training whatsoever in terms of like, you know. Maybe he had a fucking typewriter. It's like, yeah, you're not bringing that. Yeah, exactly. And it was a, I, th- I thought it was a great, great piece of cinematic uh, manipulation on, on the part of Steven Spielberg to use that guy to do that with because he's the audience. The audience can't do anything. Audience just sit there and watch. Watch this other dude get killed and can't do anything no matter what. And Oppen's just sitting there like crapping himself. Right. Which a lot of us would be. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think Mike Tyson was full of shit when he said, you know I don't know if he actually said it or not, but it's a great quote that's a point that's attributed to him, right? I would like to sit down with Mike Tyson just to ask him that question. Was that you that said that? And he, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that is very true. You know, we'd all like to say that if someone slaps us that we would just all of a sudden go, but there's a shock value in, in that happening. There have been times when I've been, well, just like that time with, 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 our, with our mutual friend when they said something, I, I <laughs> Plenty of situations where someone said or did something and I just sat there and I'm like, what the hell? And now, did nothing. Right. Now, it lasted a second, but in many instances, especially in a fight for your life, Second is all it takes. That's the difference between coming back home and having having two uh, two casualty assistance officers come to your your house. So yeah, that's the other that's that's another inconvenient truth, right? You know, everyone's everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. We all think we're brave, every single one of us. I've only been in a few situations where it's like looks like there's going to be a physical altercation, and in all those cases, I was like frozen. Well, not even just not even just physical altercation. Just any, there are all kinds of situations where, or situations where I was getting, I feel like I was getting put upon in the workplace, and I was like, after the fact, I was like, man, I should have said this, should have done that. But in the at the time, I was like, fucking worked up and like just reactive, you know. Well, in a work situation, uh, that's probably better that you don't sit there and point junk out. Like, this is a shit show. I mean, uh, look at what Stalin did to everybody that, uh, it's, um, he had, he had people killed that knew he about. killed everybody. Well, he had, well, yeah, later, but he had people killed that knew about him at his weak moments. Ah. Uh. There's an illustration of that in a old Netflix show about Trotsky. <sighs> or no, Trotsky, I'm sorry, but Stalin also did the same thing. But Trotsky also did it. So, like, uh, there's a there's a part where um, what did Trotsky was he an he was an academic, right? He was an academic, but he was also uh, yeah, he was an academic, which is why I don't think academics should run anything. But oh shoot, there was something that I wanted to there was an illustration that I wanted to to make. But well, you're uh, talking about Trotsky. Well, yeah, that's 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 people not, that knew stuff about him. Well, Stalin too, but uh, apparently. This is, this is a story that I got years ago when I was reading about Stalin when I was like in junior high school, where uh, his pseudonym used to be like Cobble or Cobbler or something. As in Shoemaker? Kind of. But when he, when he changed his name to Stalin, he basically killed off everyone that knew him by his old pseudonym. Why? Because the leader isn't the best. You know, in a, to, to move up in an organization doesn't doesn't happen from your merits 
if it did, Benedict Arnold would have never sold out, would have never become known in the annals of American history as the biggest traitor in the Revolutionary War. Was, but, he, was he the one that sold us out to the Brits? Yeah, he uh, he was, uh, by all accounts, I mean, like he was he was like the hero of Ticonderoga. He basically defended West Point against the British. He, he was a kick-ass soldier officer and uh, very, very much loved by, by George Washington. But I don't know enough about him. Benedict Arnold, that is, that he didn't, uh, people didn't like him. Hmm. And so other people kept on getting credit for stuff that he did. <laughs> oh. And, and he just got pissed off about it. Well, yeah. He was like, fuck this. It's understandable. You know, people talk about how, you know, you got to keep on, you know, when, if you persevere, you will succeed. And I'm just sitting there going, you know. Not if you're not recognized. How many how many failures do you think it takes before you sit there and say, screw it? Or just like you said, a failure to be recognized. That's big. That's even worse. In a society, especially. In That's a group, even worse. In a group where everything is dependent upon, you know, how other people perceive you. And you're not getting any cred. Yeah. And you're doing a bunch of shit. Getting a bunch of shit done. And everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. So you just getting, you don't move up, don't get any recognition. Even if, even just that, like I professionally, among my peers and a lot of the people I know, I am probably the lowest performing person of the of, of the group that I'm thinking of. I'm not any dumber than any of those guys. Yeah. But and I I wasn't asking. I'm still not asking for all that much. I don't think you know. A decent, a decent amount of uh, wage or whatever to live my life and do whatever. But when you start trampling on that, I'm, I'm like, well, why bother? Yeah. You know, I've, I've told you that one of the um, one of the statements that just makes my blood boil is like, uh, you know, this is affecting my ability to keep my 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 family fed, my clo- my you know, my children fed. Right. Justify anything. And that. People may throw that out and mean it in a sincere way, but I just hear blah, 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 and I just want to strike you with a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> because it was said to me by a person that fucked up a whole lot of shit. Telling you that you need to do better? Yeah. Wow. And that, you know, my existence at that organization was jeopardizing that person's ability to, to, to feed his family. And you're like, but you're fucking everything up. Well, yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what happened? You, well, I got fired. Wow. So it's not like it's not like the movies. Definitely not. Or books, even. What was that? What was that meme? Uh, what meme? Lesbianism, and not like it is on TV. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's not a lot of lipstick lesbians running around. What was another thing? Well, here's an inconvenient truth. There are two kinds of people in the world. People that want to be in charge and people that don't. Okay. The inconvenient part happens where chances are you're not in the camp that you think you are. I don't understand. Well, there are a lot of people that think that they want to be in control of their lives. And, well, we know we know several people who look down upon religious folks. Yeah. <clears throat> because they don't want to take, they don't want to, they don't want to. They don't want to take responsibility for their lives. They just want somebody else to tell them what to do and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And none of those people, in my estimation, 
really seem like the type of people that want to be in charge of anything. Yeah. If anything, a lot of those people are folks that like to jump on the bandwagon. It's kind of... Do you think you can be a... I don't know if you can be a very devout person and have worldly success. No. I don't think that it's possible. Because if you're devout, that the whole point is it's not about... And so it's much not about worldly success. So much so that the whole, the, a very big part of the Protestant beef with the Catholics, part of it, especially from from someone like me, is that you. I don't think that you can be devout and be the Pope. But that's the whole point, right? You're supposed to be devout to be the Pope. Right. God has God has reached in the hearts of your fellow princes of the Church right. to pick you. To be God's representative on earth, to inherit the keys of what is it, St. Peter? Yes. Um, but to be a prince of the church, you gotta manipulate men. Well, in my in my view. Yeah. You, you don't you don't become a cardinal because you're some barefoot, burlap wearing priest going out and ministering to wherever you're ministering. No, they don't necessarily want that. Well, they don't want that guy to be the. It's not a good. It's not a. It's not very they good. They want PR. that guy. They want that guy. Yes, they don't want that guy to be at the top. Mm-hmm. That was like the old. Uh, when I was in college, there was an old joke about uh, the chief of naval operations. Chief of naval operations is the top admiral in the navy. Yeah. Right. And uh, back when there were battleships, that that guy. It is always a guy. I don't know when it's going to be a female, but right now is is, is a dude. Well, maybe it's a, it's a woman now. I don't know. But that person was always like from the surface, from the battlefield fleet. Uh, then when uh, when carrier warfare was was uh, popular, it was somebody that had been commanding carriers. Right. Was, was the chief of naval operations, and someone in class. It was a defense politics class. Someone in class was like, "How come there's never anybody in a submarine that was uh that was chief of naval operations. And the professor's like, well, there's an old joke in the Navy that says you can't be on the top if you're in a submarine. <laughs> so true. But even on the submarines, right? The the person, the father of the, our nuclear subfleet, Admiral Hyman Richtover, mm-hmm. he, he was the type of person apparently who was doing everything he could to save the United States and the Navy money. And the Congress had to consistently grant waivers because mandatory retirement's 64 or 65. Okay. He was an admiral until his 80s. Really? Because he had this, this skill, like... Uh, to save money. Well, he... <laughs> yeah. He had, a, he had a skill where he was like... Did he put a brick in the commode on the submarine? No, but that, but, uh, that was a president of South Korea. I know, I know. No, but he, uh, he he had such technical expertise that in World War II, even though he was a he was a, a graduate of the Naval Academy, he never got a command. But he knew everything there was about every schematic, about every boat that they had. That you know, people would ask him questions like, "Oh, we dropped a nut into this one pipe. Right. Is that going to hurt the boat?" And this is actually an example. He was like, "Well, actually, there's a there's a little plate at the bottom of the pipe, you know, that you can screw out." To get it, to get to to get stuff in there, I'll wait while you do it. And uh, so he, he got promotions, but he never got a command. And then he was tasked with the uh, with the uh, with the nuclear the nuclear submarine force. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter was actually 
in his command. Mm-hmm. But later on, um, I guess General Dynamics was wasting money, and he found out about it. And uh, or there was a, a defense contract that was wasting money, and he found out about it, and he was gonna he was gonna shut them down. Mm-hmm. And this this company was like it's billions of dollars, and it could shut us down. So they did whatever they they threw whatever piece of dirty lie that they could in congressional hearings at this guy. Oh wow! To get the heat off of them, made him retire. Saved their contracts. Decades later, they're like, "Was it a lie?" And the guy that was that was, that was throwing them out, he was like, "Of course, it was a lie." Yeah. And so, but by but, that point, it didn't matter. Yeah, and also, when you're when you're talking about thousands of people, you know, a major defense contractor shutting them down. That's 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 tens of thousands of jobs in voting districts. Right. You know the way things happen, like the B two bomber. I think so he was never gonna. Yeah. You would never win that. Well, that's the inconvenient truth. You being of good ability is never going to win in a society, especially a large one, because there's a lot bigger concerns than ability. That's, that's why I hate politics. Well, the only way to get get away from that is to live by yourself. Or, yeah. with, or with another person on a desert island. I mean, uh, I remember th- hearing about the Blue Man Group. Do you, know, you, do you, know, do you know why there, there are three people in the Blue Man Group? No. Because that's the smallest number you can have where you can have one outsider. What? Three is the smallest number you can have to have somebody in out group. In that group. Two two in the in group and one in the out? Yeah. And why is this got, what does that got to do with the blue man group? That's their whole shtick. Oh, there's like one, uh, you're right, there's one guy that's always kind of doing something else. I think. Uh, well, that's their whole shtick. I just remember seeing something about them. They were so big. I think that yeah, they're cool. So, so that that's uh, another that's inconvenient it. truth, especially for the folks that are out there nowadays, who believe in all the stuff that's being peddled on on various screens. Uh, the world universe does not equally distribute talent. Full stop. Are we going to leave them? Just leave that one. Well, it's it, it's one of those uh, online university ads where they say you know. Come oh, to this. It's just all about yeah opportunity. We can we can help you, right? You know because the world doesn't doesn't equally distribute opportunity, but you know it does equally distribute talent. No, it doesn't. Lie. It's a lie. The universe don't work that way. It's either all of one or all of the other. We're out of time. Okay, I, I think we're out of time. That's pretty good because I was reaching for inconvenient truths and I really didn't have any. I didn't have as many as I thought I would. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I hope for those of you who made it this far, congratulations. You reward yourself with a beverage or sweet. Yes. And uh, we will talk to you in a week. Keep listening. Keep sharing. Keep Tell liking. your friends and family about us. Subscribe. Subscribe. We appreciate it. Mike, bye, Mike, bye. Mike.